Welcome to Sudbury Stories. Sudbury is full of amazing individuals that are doing some incredible things and making the city a better place. It's my goal to get the word out about the good news stories local to Sudbury and highlight those individuals like John, JM or John Michelle, Michael here that are having an impact in making Sudbury a better place. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario? JM is a local lawyer earning his undergraduate from Laurentian University, his law degree from the University of Ottawa, and admitted to the Law Society of Upper Canada in 2009. Since joining Orndorff and Associates, JM has mainly focused on personal injury cases. He loves that working in Sudbury is able to service both French and English-speaking communities. He's contributed to their community in a, a wide variety of capacities. He's currently a board member with the food, Sudbury Food Bank and Childhood Enfance, and has served as the president of the Sudbury District Law Association. JM's at home in Northern Ontario. He has a love for the outdoors, including fishing and hunting, and participates in many team sports and enjoys food, culture, fine dining and traveling, and watching his Montreal Canadiens. Well, JM, thanks for having us on the mic today. Oh, it's my pleasure, David. This is fun and a, a neat new experience for me. Well, so just I'm like excited. we were saying, it's your first time on a podcast, right? Yeah, it is. Very yeah. first time. So, yeah. And uh, you said you're just kind of a, like still just getting started listening to podcasts right now. and I am. And uh, in fact, it's... It, listening to things like this is helping me fall asleep which I understand is a more popular thing these days which I didn't know of yeah we just kind of went through that where uh, like there's kind of a white space where like more adults are actually listening to bedtime stories and just kind of giving Jay a little bit of a background on that so yeah reminds me is when I was four five six years old so yeah. it makes me feel young again <laughs> fantastic fantastic so uh, so yeah thanks for coming in on the mic and you, you've obviously had uh, like you, we just had a kind of a, a conversation and pre-taping here and you've been doing something for a decade you're, you're I, the young guy in the room. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I, it, and it, I know everyone says this, it seems like yesterday, but it really does uh, seem like yesterday that I started. Um, probably a good thing because it means I, I have enjoyed it. It's uh, fresh and it's, it's gone by like that. <laughs> it's gone by like that. And uh, a decade, it's just hard to believe. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to stop the gray hair. I know it's an inevitable, <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing my very best. <laughs> my, my wife keeps telling me my gray's hair. And she's also like that. That hairline's receding a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> what can I, you do? <laughs> I get it from that side of the things as well. Right. No, fantastic. So, so we look back. 10 years as a practicing lawyer but before that there's obviously a ton of education and whatnot involved to become a lawyer so when like what was the decision what was the deciding factor where were you when you remember being like were you four years old and dressing up with a suit and tie and saying I want to be a lawyer when I grow up or what was that process like yeah so uh, I had um, my my father was a lawyer for many years uh, in Sudbury so there I think there was definitely something in the blood so to speak uh, that uh, that definitely drove the decision um, so I, I, and I did, as I remember in high school, uh, one of my first part-time jobs was I was actually hired on as a messenger or as a runner, yeah. as they called it back then. Uh, so, you know, I would do certain deliveries to different law offices or to the courthouse. So I just sort of slowly got a feel for the law, uh, life or the law industry from an early age. Um, I, I, I would say, I, I don't think I was convinced that I was going to be a lawyer until my undergraduate studies. Um, I, I've always had uh, an interest in international relations, international politics. You went overseas uh, to do your your undergrad, correct? Uh, one year, one year. yes. I, I was I was lucky enough to go to France. France. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, and uh, I studied for a year there, and uh, I took a, a lot of international relation. Uh, based courses and uh, uh, so for the longest time uh, I, I thought of going to work uh, perhaps in embassies overseas or 
doing something, but uh, um, I did sort of make the decision that um, uh, if, if I wanted to uh, be at home and see my family and uh, um, uh, that, I, that I wouldn't have that uh, in that It's tough, tough to be uh, out in an international embassy and then make it home for dinner or something it, like it, that. It <laughs> definitely, it's, it, it's got, it, it definitely puts a, a wrench into that. Yeah, and no I, know, I know James' family a little bit, that kind of thing too, and, and it's so nice to have a, a tight-knit family like you guys have, because it seems like between your sisters and your mom, like you guys are so well connected and they're crucial. <laughs> it's nice to have the family to rely upon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's say go back to, uh, so like you were, you were working for your dad as a runner from office to office, that kind of thing. Were you serving people notice too? Like, like here's your lawsuit, you're being served or like. So, so I, 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 I think we did similar things. Uh, we, we would definitely, I, I don't think I did any pro, what we call process serving back then. Cause okay. it's usually a, there's a special process for that so to speak, but uh, we were, I, I do remember some situations where uh, I was delivering some letters that the other law, law office knew was not going to be a particularly amicable uh, <laughs> letter, and, and uh, you kind of got the looks uh, from the either the reception people or the people that were coming to get the letter, and you just sort of learn to smile and make your way get on with your day <laughs> yeah right. no fantastic fantastic <laughs> and and i think if we cycle back um again i knew your family a little bit even before i met you i knew i knew your mom and it, I, it was almost like there's uh like like legends stories about your dad and even today there's the hubby award that gets handed out annually right where like in his honor and in his memory yeah so we 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 did the hubby awards for for about five years uh and it was a nice it was a really nice tribute to him uh, and uh, basically the idea behind the Hubby Award uh, was to recognize people who uh, did great work in our community, but who didn't seek the spotlight necessarily in the work that they did. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with, with seeking the spotlight, but um, um, my, my father uh, was very much a behind-the-scenes person when it came to his uh, the work that he did in the community his recognition right that's that's correct and and I think that was something um, uh, I think that was a trademark for my father is that uh, you know and I don't know the half of it I don't know the half of the things that he did behind the scenes and I, I know. it's it is it is very nice because I still uh, he's been gone for about 12 years now and um, I still on a on a weekly and or monthly basis I'll get a call from someone who either knew him or did business with him or uh, who was involved with him in some way, shape or form. And they'll share a story or they'll tell me about something that he did that of course I would have no idea about. Uh, and it really helps keep his memory alive and well. That's, That's so, a special thing. it's yeah. so fantastic, right? And he, like I was sharing the one story that, that I kind of heard through the community where um, he would, in his off hours after work, he would do um, like anonymous uh, adoption papers to people that could not afford to process the paperwork or whatever the case may be. And that's just the kind of the guy that he didn't want his recognition. He wanted to step up. And it seems like, especially for younger, you know, the kids and the, the younger generation, he was there and he wanted to help out in any, any way, shape or form he could. And especially those that couldn't afford it. Yeah. yeah one of his great joys, uh, particularly with his line of work was doing the adoptions um, the, I, I, you know, cause you know, and often he was very good at not discussing personal, uh, matters. personal matters or client matters, but I knew just from, you know, when you'd hear, uh, a call from a family who, uh, he had helped place a child with, uh, I just knew from the look on his face, how much, 
uh, satisfaction and joy he got from doing that work. Which, um, yeah. And, and, uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it was very much things like that where, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't know necessarily those things, but uh, to those people that he helped, it was... Uh, Just beyond the world, beyond yeah. words, right? So, yeah. um, and it's it's so fantastic. And this kind of cycles back to the conversation that you and I were having before we got on the mic here, where life is so, life's a short thing. And if you can kind of figure out what, what drives you and what makes you tick and what your passion, what your true passions are. And hopefully your passion is not just to be a rich person someday. And hopefully you can figure out what truly drives you. Then you're going to be so much more fulfilled and happy with life. And you've definitely had, uh, you've got a great dad that was a, an amazing role model, I think for for laying the groundwork and obviously your involvement, not just with your, with your law, but also your volunteer work in the community, which we'll get to in a little bit, but also with your, your love for passion and travel and, and the Canadians and everything else. So tell us a little bit about, about that, those loves. Yeah, so I I I, I am uh, I, I love to travel. I wish I wish I had some more time too, as of course we all do. Um, I, I love experiencing different cultures, and I am a I am a foodie. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like, for instance, I, I did I was fortunate enough uh, this past summer to travel to France, and I stayed for a few days in uh, in Lyon, which of course is in central France, and a city that's quite well known for its food. Uh, so I literally, I will go somewhere just to experience the food. Because uh, for me, uh, the, the, the local dishes uh, is, is, is really, I mean, you can, you can almost define a culture. You can almost define a certain part of the world by what they serve. Uh, and, and I think uh, it's not just what, but how they're serving. And you sit, you're sitting there and you're experiencing it firsthand and how the chefs are serving the dishes, who's around the table with you. I'm, I think that all kind of adds to that. It, right? it, all, it all adds up. And, it, and, it's, a, and it's a really, it, it's a neat thing. And... Uh, it helps me become uh, perhaps more worldly in my work uh, because perspective is so important. When you're dealing with different people, as, as I do in my line of work, when you're dealing with different people from uh, different places, different backgrounds, uh, traveling offers that, that perspective that you just can't get um, uh, anywhere else. Uh, so it's, it's a really interesting point that you're bringing up there. And I, and I agree with it. So like wholeheartedly that sometimes we just get so focused in knowing what we do and everything is comfortable and easy that you need to get out of that comfort zone to be able to, to grow and learn. Right. And like, I think that from a real estate perspective or growing a business and, and locally, like we look at it as like, Oh, it's done this way. But if you get that like outside of that comfort zone, you're going to find a whole nother world on and how things operate and how how it works, and and then also when you're dealing with people, like especially in your day to day life as a as a lawyer, right? So you're you're absolutely right because that's what it does. It does two things. It it, it, it makes you realize uh, that what you're doing necessarily is not how it's done everywhere else. Yeah. But it, it but it also uh, makes you thankful for where you live. Um, so as wonderful as the places are that you go to. Uh, you, after a week or however long you're going, you're saying, well, I'm, I'm quite happy going back to my, my hometown in Sudbury where my drive to work might only be 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have to wait for uh, an hour and a half to get into a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I, there's clean air, clean water, uh, which is always taken for granted. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so I think it does that as well. It makes you appreciate how good What's here. life is here. Fantastic. That's a really interesting and a, and a great way of kind of looking at things, I think. And uh, and again, it takes stepping outside of your comfort zone to, to get to those places to even appreciate more what you have here. Right. I know personally, every time I go to the U.S., it's so exciting and we're going to go on a big trip and stuff like that. And it's fun. It's, it's great. But I just appreciate being back in Canada so much after I've, you know, you see and if... It, 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 
there's a, a lot of great places in the world, but if, if it just the, the the kindness of people here in Canada and, and especially in Sudbury and the friendliness of people like that just is a place that you don't get it anywhere else. I find in the world. No, and and not to sound boastful for our country, but that's there's a reason why when you go overseas and people find out that you're Canadian, that there's an automatic interest in what you say and people want to hover around you. I yeah. mean, that's no accident because we, we've worked at it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, fantastic, fantastic. So let's loop it back. So so 10 years as a lawyer. Yes. Amazing. A decade. I, 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 I'm excited to what the next 10 years are going to bring, uh, <laughs> but but my goodness, did I have, have I learned a lot in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, beyond my wildest imaginations as a student. Uh, <laughs> One thing I will say, and um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing, but it, it, it has been an eye-opener uh, because uh, as you, when you graduate as a law student, uh, you're, you're slightly more ideological and, <laughs> and uh, you have a more positive outlook on the world. Yeah. Um, you, but you do see, when, when you practice law, um, uh, you do see some lesser kinder things uh, about certain realities, um, and and it's hard because the the, um, the 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 I guess the the initial reaction is to go negative. Well, the world is bad. And, it's and it's easy to like make a story with the negative side of things, right? Where like and especially is. like it's easy to get traction or it's easy to kind of get buzz when you talk focus on the negative. Where like if it's a sunny day outside, that's not really a story. But <laughs> yeah, and 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 so you you have to try to ground yourself and remind yourself that uh, you know no matter what happens, uh, there are always going to be problems in the world. There's always going to be difficulties. There's always things that aren't going to go your way. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, just not to get out, because I did yeah. tell you I was a kind of a student of <laughs> politics and history, but um, one of my favorite quotes from Winston Churchill was, uh, and, I, and I may not be exactly right on the quote, but uh, he said something to the effect that success is going from failure to failure without lack of enthusiasm. Um, and I don't want to say that my, my 10 years has been full of failures, uh, but I've had them. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think more often than not, not necessarily that we have more failures than success. I don't know. I've not kept track. I hope I have more successes than failures, but I think we do. You have to put those in perspective. You are going to fail. Uh, in the day, in the in the current day of social media, there is a bit of a tendency to think that everyone's life is perfect and that exactly. everyone is you know, smiles this and laughter, this rosy picture, right? But, which is um, definitely not the case. <laughs> no, so so, but it takes a long time to understand that and to realize it, and uh, and so I, I think I've learned that much that uh, that it, no matter what you do, no matter how good of a job you do. There's going to be setbacks, yeah, uh, and it's just how, sort of how you rise above them. And I like, like I've I've done some reflection on this, and and I remember when I won the forty under forty in Sudbury, like they come at you and they're like, well, where's what's your biggest opportunity to grow, and like what's been your biggest learning? And I th- I cycle back like through failure, like Always. every it's you you learn so much more through failure than you do through success because success great, I can pat myself on the back, but when you fail, that's when you get yourself back up and you figure out what went wrong and you reflect on that and you say, okay, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. So. T- totally right, and 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 people who aren't doing that are bound failing at, yeah. right? And, and uh, so, uh, uh, but there's a, there's a maturity that goes along with that. There's a process uh, and it, it, it may sound simplistic, but you actually have to live through it. Yeah. What, 100%, yeah. yeah. So, so that's been the last decade for you. Is that, is that something that you can create like a definitive, like this is my job and this is my house life? Like, are you able to do that? Like that must be difficult. In the perfect world, um, you try to. Um, the goal is to do that. The reality is much different. Uh, it, it is impossible 
to completely separate the two. Yeah. Um, you can you can develop uh, certain coping mechanisms to help you separate them. Uh, family is a very good thing. For yeah. That. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, uh, simple things, David, such as I started walking more about a year ago. Really. Uh, I started uh, taking longer walks along my neighborhood. People are listening probably say, "Well, okay, that's no genius solution there," but I didn't realize how much it's helped. Uh, clear my mind after a long day and when you see things that aren't great um, just getting out in nature looking at looking at the trees listening to the wind blow whatever it is yeah uh, uh, so so a lot of that is trying to uh, burn up some of the uh, the uh, the excess worry or anxiety that people face every day not just in my profession yeah exactly um, and then that allows you if you've kind of if you've burned off that excess, it allows you to kind of focus on the things that you love in life. Your family, watching a hockey game, as long as the Habs are winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so, but I, but I, I do think it's impossible to completely separate the two. Uh, you just want to try to minimize what you bring home. As much as you can. Is that one of the biggest challenges that you're facing? Because, like, obviously, like, your day-to-day and building your business is a challenge. But I think that that's, like, like if you're more concerned about your personal health over the long, lifelong of your business, that would be one of the driving factors, I think, towards me would be the most important. Yeah. It, it's um, – uh, there is no substitute for the power of positivity. Because, yeah, yeah if, if you bring home all the negative – uh, and you're not layering that with the positive, uh, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're on a downward spiral at that point, yeah. You certainly are. And, and, uh, and this is where, again, it's a co- you have to constantly remind yourself, and I, I don't want to be overly philosophical, but um, when you're seeing tough things, and, and in order to try to not bring them home to every aspect, other aspect of your life, you just have to remind yourself that the world is imperfect. It's greatly imperfect. Yeah. Um, and you have to keep that sense of compassion where people are going to say things to you that you don't understand. Yeah. Uh, um, um, you're, you're not going to agree with everything that everyone ever tells you. Um, I don't agree with, uh, I, I sometimes don't agree with what judges tell me. <laughs> I don't agree with what other lawyers tell me. I don't often agree with what my clients tell me. Uh, but you have to understand that they're coming from a certain place. You're not walking um, in their shoes. That's that. That's uh, I think that's an Atticus Finch line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and, uh, uh, and and so those reminders, those little things. It's the little things you can do to try to separate the two. It's never in the big things. It's, yeah. yeah. It's the little. It's the step by step, right? The little morsels, the bite off pieces that you can do to make it a, a better in the greater scheme. Yeah. Exactly right. But you've definitely followed your dad's footsteps in the community as well. So so like. As far as I can think back, you've always been a part of the Sudbury Food Bank. Like, yes. how many years have you been on that board now for? So I believe it's also ten years. Ten, ten yeah. years as well. Yeah. And and I'm gonna give some credit to Joffrey Lawheed yeah. uh, for a moment because um, uh, of course, so so my father also was the uh, at one point the president of the Sudbury Food Bank, and uh, he and Joffrey worked hand in hand, and um, it was great because uh, Joff and Joff is so great and and. Uh, um, Joff makes things look easy, and he, I don't know if he'll be listening. But uh, what what um, uh, what he used to say about my father was, you know, how he'd say he'd say, "How we got to do this, this," and you know, it may involve a check presentation or uh, being out in the limelight. And 
my dad used to always reply, say, you know what, Joff, you're so good at that stuff. I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> yeah. And then he would do, you know, whatever it was, illegal work or something in the background. So I, I credit, because Joff, when, when I was called, when I returned, uh, he called me and, yeah. uh, and invited me to be part of the board. And uh, it didn't take me long to accept. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been 10 years uh, with, with the Sudbury Food Bank. I'm still there. They're still keeping me around. <laughs> Are um, you vice president right now? I think I, I saw you coming up through the ranks again. I am. Yeah, I'm currently vice vice president, um, and uh, Mel Dahl is our current president, and uh, she's been absolutely wonderful. Um, and uh, uh, it, it's, if I may say this, David, just because uh, there may be uh, younger professionals that are listening to this podcast yep. and who who are asked to be part of boards, if I may, uh, one of the things I learned very early on was. Um, Sometimes the ability to say no yeah. is, is just as helpful as accepting. Uh, because uh, I, I lived through the experience where I, I was called to be on a number of boards when I first started off. Uh, and I did say yes to a lot of them. Uh, and um, uh, I, I do credit Joff for this advice because he did tell me the same thing. He says, you're going to be called. Um, make sure that you, you can give you, the, what's required. You yeah. are. And I learned the hard way because I had to start giving up some stuff because I was feeling, because I, I was saying yes, and I wasn't necessarily always able to follow through. Little pieces of advice I would give to any younger professionals that are sought for boards. Yeah, and, and that's a very valid piece of advice, I think. And it's, it's so nice to think that we can give back in all these different ways. And I know I've seen it with myself. I've got a young family, I've got a young business, I've got lots of different commitments in the community, and you can you can spread yourself so thin and you're not going to be a valuable resource to anybody at that point. That's exactly right. And I mean, the other thing too is, you're, I mean, really, you're for, as charity work is great, it's, it's fundamental, but you also have to become skillful and, and competent in what, what you, you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if you're not doing that, you may not be much of a help. You, you can't afford to go take the time off to go do the rest of the you stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. No, fantastic. So one of, like, have you had some, like, a decade on the on that board? Have you, what, have there been some big highs or, so what's some of the best memories that you have over that time period? Oh. I know for me, it's been, I've, I think I've twice, two times driven up to the drive-thru at, uh, oh. at A&W and seen you and uh, your uncle there. <laughs> yeah, my cousin Billy and, yeah, and we're going to try to do it at the same time this year, although uh, we may have to do it at different times, but that's the uh, what 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 uh, what you're talking about is the uh, yeah at A and W every year uh, my cousin Billy and I would um, you know we would do we would work the drive through yeah. uh, and, uh, and <laughs> I, I think it was a program where uh, if people came and bought a either a mama burger or something one dollar for every purchase would go, go to the food, food bank exactly um, so they had this line and I think it's ho 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 hum 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 welcome to A and W yum 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 <laughs> so but, so we have, of course, we would try to post it online to get our yeah. our friends and family to come. And um, so we always knew when there was someone we knew who was coming through the drive-through. As soon as we said that little hymn, you'd just get laughter, <laughs> snorting, and yeah. uh, you know, and then you'd recognize the person's voice. Other uh, judges or something like that. I could oh, see having yeah. a field day with that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, and, it, and actually, my cousin got so good at it that he was actually working the cash and the ordering thing. I said, "You're making this look easy. I can't even fill a drink. Like I can't even fill up a root beer thing, and you're punching in coats." Going back to you know your strengths, and maybe working the drive-through was not one of them. Exactly. So, so fantastic. Is that one of your highlights? Are there? Is 
because like, have you had other similar memories or? Yeah. So that's, that's a fun thing. That's a really thing that I enjoy. Uh, I, I mean, the other, the other event that's great every year is the art of dessert night, uh, where, uh, you know, it's kind of a fundraising event where, uh, people in the community will build these specialty cakes and, uh, bakery things. And it's kind of a really nice evening and people come and they, they bid on things and yep. there's a silent auction. Um, I, I think for me, um, in terms of the, uh, the greatest satisfaction of being on the Sudbury Food Bank Board uh, over the years has uh, been knowing that, because with, without food, it sounds, again, simplistic, but um, food not only is a necessity, but it's also a great comforter to people. Okay. Um, uh, it, it, uh, when people know that they have something to eat, uh, it allows them to, uh, to function uh, right in there every day and it takes away so if you're a single mother that can barely make ends meet you have to choose between whether or not you're going to put food on your table or pay your rent or pay your your hydro bills um, knowing that you've got you don't have to look where your next meal's coming from just peace of mind and that yeah so much less anxiety i'm sure that you're feeling and you know that stretching yourself so thin right so that's right and and so and 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 we so when, when we know that through uh, the board's efforts and through the, the volunteers' efforts that we can provide that comfort to people is an enormous, um, uh, brings an enormous amount of joy because uh, when, when people aren't fed, nothing else happens. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's the most fundamental in my view. Not to take away from other The rest of it, but, but, but that's where. Um, yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a really interesting and like it's just a basic way of looking at it, which is it's it's foods needed to live in. And if, if you can solve that little piece of the puzzle, then the rest of the stuff can come together, right? So Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and I have to tell you this too, because our, I want to I wanna, I wanna just... Uh, I can't say enough how how great our volunteers are and uh, Dan Exelon in particular who's our director because he understands food uh, that that aspect of it better than anyone I've ever met yeah um, and the board members I mean we will go and take the photos and we'll shake some hands and we'll you know we'll do some of the the more uh, I guess more publicity. political publicity stuff but it's the volunteers who are bringing food to people's houses uh, who are, are there when, when people are in need come to the warehouse. Yeah. Uh, like those are our those heroes. Are, those are the people that make the, the day-to-day operation run, right? Yeah, they, they make us look good. Yeah. They make us look good. Fantastic, fantastic. Yep. So it's uh, like obviously it's been an interesting run. Uh, you leaving, going to school overseas, coming back, finishing your law degree, and then coming back to Sudbury. Is it like what was it like to bring this kind of back to that hyper local level at Sudbury? Like what is it other than the family? Was it the outdoors? Was it just the family that brought you back? Like what is it that brought you back and keeps you here? Yeah, other than the family part, outdoors is a huge thing. Because uh, again, it. I mean, for a number of, I mean, I love to fish. Um, I, I love I love uh, the fact that we've got uh, hundreds of lakes within our region, and I think we're even into the thousands when you're talking about the outskirts. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and so that's a very important thing for peace of mind as well, right? Because when you're in a high uh, high stress job and uh, uh, there's something of that nature, right? And and uh, uh, to kind of calm you down and to, to just refocus. I myself, we we our family has a camp on Manitoulin Island. So for me, Spend having a short family. drive to Manitoulin Island is great. <laughs> really, it, my I feel, I feel my blood pressure going down immediately when I cross the bridge. You cross the yeah, hit, hit that bridge as long as it's open. <laughs> if it's yeah. not open, then maybe it spikes a little bit for a few minutes. But <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, of course, the other thing too is I mean. Uh, uh, 
again, not, not having to drive two hours to work every day. Uh, and, and, and there's just, it, it, when, when you come back to Northern Ontario, you just feel like you're more part of a community. I'm not saying people in Toronto don't have that or in Montreal or they don't have that sense. I'm sure they do. Uh, but, but when you come back to the North, you really feel like you're part of the community and, and we're spoiled here. I mean, let's face it, 100% uh, we are. With, with the space that we have, the clean air, the access to lakes. And, uh, uh so there was a, co- a combination of those things. Yeah. And, uh, well, fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you could think that Sudbury's missing one or two things, especially you've done some international travel, what, what do you think that we could be uh, benefit by bringing to Sudbury or by having here? Um, I thought a lot about that, uh, and, and I'm sure you hear these answers over and over, David, but um, I, I would like to see uh, greater public transportation systems. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm not saying cars are going away anytime soon, especially up here, but um, uh, transportation in uh, communal transportation is the way of the future. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I'm not sure, um, you know, even in terms of trains, right? So, I mean, I wish we had train travel that was more convenient to go to other places. It would be so nice if we could actually use this, this tracks that are right in the middle of our, t- our city, right? <laughs> For sure. I mean, you talk about Europe. I mean, and look, Europe's got its own problems. Yeah. Uh, it's not perfect, but when you see, and you know, everyone talks about how there's a difference in geography and, and those things are true, but I, I, I see no reason why we can't base our model on the rural parts of Europe where they're right. just well connected. They're well connected and, and the rail does that. Rail is safer typically than, than automobile traffic. Yeah. I know because I, I you practice work in this industry. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so I would like to see a greater, uh, and even, even our bus lines. I mean, I think, I think the city's done a good job. Uh, what I what I think we do need to do is have more connecting routes to some of our rural communities. Yeah. Uh, this idea of having to come forty five minutes just to come to Cedar Street and then having to do another forty five minutes if you want to go, go to the south direction. end. Uh, so I, I do think, of course, it costs money, but I, I do think that that's something that we need. That's part of the future. Yeah, and I, that makes sense. I think if you yeah. like, if you approach it with a long term plan, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But we know, and just. The, the idea of bringing up where everybody was frustrated and they're saying, oh, there's no parking downtown or something like that. Like parking is not going to be as big of an issue if we can solve some of these other things that are going on. You got it. I mean, cars, quite frankly, not going to be around. No. And, and, and we have to pay for them, as you know, and they're expensive. Uh, so 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 why are we why are we focusing on that? one of my friends just got a Tesla and and it's just the, the model 3 and it's not an expensive car it's a couple of, it's, it's expensive enough but it's not like it's a hundred thousand dollar car or anything yeah. and uh, and I every time I go to the, the pump up with gas now I get jealous of because I'm just like oh there's a hundred bucks for the third times this week kind of thing right yeah. it's just like like this is the future where these cars are going to be self-driving and it's gonna be electric or whatever that that will be but it we're, we're it's it, we're not gonna hide the fact that that's coming it is coming and what is whether it's five years, 10 years, or 20 years, it's going to be here, so. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I do think we're not going to be as quick as some, perhaps some of the places Toronto down or, south because yeah. of our weather and our climate, but you're right, it is coming. It's only a matter of time. Exactly. Uh, so Yeah, and as young people in the community, I think that we will see that implementation happen over our lifetime, so it's yeah. an exciting and also kind of a, uh, it's an exciting and an, like a little bit of a scary thing, but you embrace what's there for sure. Yep, yeah, exactly right. Um, if we, uh, if... Is there any change that you've seen? And even if we kind of circle back to over the last decade since you've been both on the food on the food bank and, and practicing law, like what's been the biggest change you've seen that happened to Sudbury over the last de- decade? Yeah. So what I've noticed 
I'm not sure if it's accurate or not. I'm yeah, it's your perception. My, my yeah. perception. Um, I am noticing a lot more volume, traffic volume, people volume. Um, and I think, I think that may have something to do with how Sudbury has kind of developed into a three or four area downtown, right? I mean, or or our, our, our commercial districts, we have a few of them, yep, right? Yep, uh, and, a couple and, different and hubs. There's more people moving around in Sudbury. Uh, there's, there's, I think, my sense is uh, there's been an increase in entrepreneurial activity, even though we're faced with this brain drain argument, because I think Sudbury gets a bad rap oh, yeah. for that, David, because we're not the only city in North America that's having a brain drain effect because of urbanization, right? Yeah. It's happening all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, cause there's powerful forces at play, right? With free trade and centralization of resources. So there's a lot of things that Sudbury can't necessarily fight against. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so I think, I think we've done a good job locally at supporting business. Uh, the infrastructure needs some work. I think we've done a good job, needs some work. And, and maybe that goes along with that, more development. I think there's more, how, and you would know more about this. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm seeing more land development. Uh, but I also, I, I think, and maybe that's a strange observation, but I just think there's more movement. It's an, it's an interesting way of wording it. And I think if, it, like, if we think about pockets and hubs and there's more of these smaller hubs that are there I think like if we think about 10 years ago it was more like look at look at the uh, the, the, the the commerce uh, in, in Middle Lake where like around the movie theater and the Costco and, and the Lowe's like that didn't exist and before it was just everybody went to the mall yep. right and even in the South End like the Walmart Plaza that existed that didn't exist a decade ago right like so the amount of change that's happened on that scale and you're right it, one, they're going from one place to another place to another place to, to larger hubs which is kind of a, an interesting observation but I think it's definitely a valid one and an incorrect one. Yeah, no, it's just, and, and again, even even in some of the uh, the outskirts, right, like some of the regions, I mean, I know, uh, for instance, um, like Azilda's taken off, from what I understand, right? There's yep. more people uh, living out there, coming back in, and, and, and you can say the same for other places like, well, Lively. I'm Lively's sure you could attest Same thing there, for sure, yeah. Um, so, and, and, and the reasons for that, again, uh, I'm sure there's a few of them, but uh, just from an observational standpoint, that's what I've noticed. That's what, no, that's fantastic. I think some very valid ones, for sure. Well, let's, uh, like, we'll, we'll wrap up with some of the, some rapid-fire questions, yeah, though, if that's okay, all right. So, so uh, I know you're a big wine man, so what's your favorite bottle of wine? Oh, I, I have to go with the French. I'm biased now. Yeah. Uh, I, I love a Bordeaux, a Bordeaux. Uh, and uh, I mean it doesn't necessarily I don't, it doesn't have to be from one winery or the other but I, I love because Bordeaux is a wine it's not, I'm not drinking a fruit cocktail yeah <laughs> uh, it's not a full body thing of uh, Bordeaux is a real wine and it's 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 solid and uh, that's your go-to yeah. fantastic who's your favorite Montreal Canadian uh, historically or now? historically historically um, I have to say Patrick Roy. Uh, yeah, there's my favorite too. <laughs> growing up, he was he was in his prime. His posters were all over my room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can't say otherwise. I mean, you can talk about John Belleville in the old yeah. days, but growing up, it was definitely Patrick. Yeah, Roy. fantastic, fantastic. What's your favorite restaurant in Sudbury? Oh my goodness. So um, I have a couple, but I have to say. Uh, uh, Junior and Leslie do a great job at Pat and Mario's. I have to, I they have really to give do. them that. And, yeah, uh, I, I do enjoy going there, and it's consistently good food. Oh yeah, my like something as simple as roasted red pepper soup that just then so fantastic. Nowhere else can touch it in my mind. That's no, that, <laughs> I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, what's your favorite coffee place in Sudbury? Um. So so I I have to admit. I mean, I'm starting to make more coffee at home in the morning. Uh, 
uh, I, I do like the uh, Old Rock downtown. The downtown uh, Old Rock, I, yeah. I don't get to the downtown area a whole lot because we're we're in Middle Lake, our office. Yeah. We're in the old church. <laughs> <laughs> the old church which was once a water factory for a few months, I think even, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but but the few, exactly, right, there's a bit of a history there. And uh, uh, But yeah, I think the Old Rock, when I, when I even if I go over a Wolves game or if I'm down in that area, they've, it's always, they've always served good coffee. Well, that brings us to the next question. Sudbury 5 or the Sudbury Wolves? Sudbury Wolves. Sudbury Wolves. We do, though. Uh, Tom Orendorf uh, uh, bought season tickets for us at the office. Yeah. Uh, and, and I haven't yet been to a game, but I, I want to go. Uh, so I could, I, I could be moved because I'm, I'm hearing great things about the game. Have you not seen the game yet? I haven't. Okay. My, one of my colleagues went last week. Loved it. Just uh, you wait. Just you wait. It's I, uh, it's a, it's an inc- incredible atmosphere and an environment there. But yeah. uh, favorite courtroom TV show? Oh my gosh! Well, my, so my <laughs> sisters are going to laugh. It's Matlock. Matlock, really? <laughs> <laughs> I I really really enjoyed watching Andy Griffith. Yeah. And uh, to me, it was. I mean, of course. It wasn't realistic because he won every case, and, and, and any good criminal lawyers lost a bunch. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I really enjoyed his acting, and of course his blue his his uh, light blue suits. <laughs> that was the the, the key there. Yeah. Um, and if you had Sudbury's attention for thirty seconds, what would you say? Um, we have the best of both worlds. Uh, we have to uh, give our city a break. Be patient. Uh, we have to give it a chance. Don't run from it because you think uh, Toronto's the answer or the big city is the answer. Uh, we have, uh, you, you talk about things that have grown. We have a music life. We have a theater life. Yeah. Uh, it's not perfect. Nothing is. Uh, we've come a long way in 15, 20 years in that regard. Uh, so you can have a great outdoor life here. You can have a great family life. You can also have a great cultural life here. So give it a chance. Don't run from it. Come back. We need we need, we need people who are from here to stay here. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We had a great time. For Thanks, sure. David, and I'd love to come back someday. Perfect. So, all right. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jan. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario, 